Hey podcast listeners, I am back with another episode. Um, This is an interview. I had the fortune of meeting up with author A. Dean. Um, The book is titled Men Do Cry, My Battle to Gain Full Custody of My Son on the Grounds of Domestic Violence. Um, And this interview is just going over his experiences, some of the things that are in his book, um, some of the ways this might help um, those of us that are listening, another perspective um, to encourage us and empower us um, as we're all trying to kind of either cope or heal from uh, domestic violence um, and the just the massive amounts of PTSD and everything else that that can cause. on any of us that have gone through this, uh, male or female. But uh, I had a really good conversation with him. Uh, We tried one week. Um, I was in the process of moving. Um, Gonna try again. Uh, I had to try again. And and I was able to finally, you know, link up with him. Um, He's over in, in the UK. So trying to find a time uh when you're across the pond is not necessarily the easiest uh but we made it work and um i i uh had a really good time speaking with him so without further ado i will turn it over to my interview with a dean after a word from our sponsors (laughs) You talking about your story, um, yeah. I guess, is a good place to start. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what what is is um, I the the difficult part is where where to really start with it. Um, so just give you a little bit of a, a backstory uh, for why uh, um, I actually ended up having to take my child. Uh, away from my ex-wife and um, obviously uh, go through the courts as, as well. So basically what happened was was um, she was becoming unwell and I looked after her for about four years. Um, and what I mean by unwell was like just staying in bed all the time and uh, not wanting to wash, get get dressed. She wasn't going to work, things like that. Um, she was... Um, constantly arguing with me over situations like in not looking after uh, my son at the time I'd come home from work and things like that and he'd be out playing but she wouldn't know exactly who he was playing with or where he was so when you asked her these things like Do you, where 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 is he she'd get just upset and start screaming and shouting at me and uh, calling me names and things like that so if you got the point where you couldn't really walking on eggshells all the time and you couldn't really communicate at all like we used to communicate. Um, but she believed that she had male and female spirits um, that she communicated with. And the female spirits would tell her jokes and things like that. So what would happen is would be sat on the sofa and she'd just start laughing, like hilariously laughing. Uh, inappropriately and you kind of look at her and go 
what's <laughs> what's funny and it'd be like oh the the my female spirit guide told me a joke and it was really funny and i'd be like well let's let's hear the joke and then she'd get upset and say well don't you believe me don't you believe me you just see me laughing um she'd clearly told me a joke and it's like well yeah but what what was the joke what what was funny about it and she would never tell me what was said would get very upset with me the fact that i wanted to to know why she's like belly laughing crying hysterical um because of what this spirit guy voice had said in in her head um the male voices were um telling her negative things about me and what happened was um, I was at work one day and um, I got a phone call from her and she was crying hysterically down the phone, like sobbing down the phone, um, saying that the male voice, uh, spirit guide, it said to her that I had a demon paedophile spirit in my body. Oh my God. And it was only a matter of time that I was going to go to jail for exploiting children. And she's, she's howling down the phone, crying. Um, so I asked her where she was. She said she was at work. So I told her to go home. I stopped what I was doing at work and went home. And when I got into the into the house, I wasn't exactly sure what to what I was going to be walking into, what what to expect. And when I got there, she was washing up some um, plates in the kitchen. Uh, very calm, very very relaxed. And um, I tried to approach the subject saying, right, I'm here, what, what's this about? The male spirit guy talking about demon paedophile and things like that. And she just turned around, looked me and rolled her eyes and went, oh, she said, it wasn't you. It, it got it wrong. It wasn't you. Um, I don't want to talk about it. So I'm like, right. <laughs> and, uh, but... Oh, yeah, and you took really. off work and everything to to be there and yeah and she was like i said she was, i was expecting it to be in flood to tears i was expecting it to be hysterical like she was on the phone and she was remarkably calm um and i so I, obviously i was like well i'm concerned here you rang me i've come home you, you're saying these things i don't understand it uh, i'm concerned and now you're saying they got it wrong and then again she was swearing at me screaming at me uh, saying that i was uh, i don't know whether i can use the, the language on here to emphasize what uh, what was said but you know it's this case of saying that i was like shit stirring and things like that um and then the more i try and say well yeah hang on you know you there's clearly something wrong here. There's clearly something uh, not right. Um, she would just storm off out, out the room, slam the doors, refused to talk to me for days uh, and things like that as well. So it got to the, the point living there where um, if I was making dinner in the evening uh, for the for the three of us, um, I'd have to turn around and say, well, right, are, you, are you eating with us? at the table or are you what 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 are you doing and then she take the food off me and just say I'm, I'm eating in my room and she go back up to the room so she didn't spend a lot of time 
uh, with my son. Uh, certainly didn't spend any time with me either. Um, and then it just started to accelerate from there uh, to the point where my son was 10 years old at the time. And um, he sat on the sofa in the living room playing on my mobile phone. We were Googling some information for homework for school. And um, she came into the living room with this sort of posture of like hands, fists clenched like this, standing around, shoulders tense, screaming to the, the top of her voice to the point where some of the words she was trying to say, she was struggling to say because she was shouting and screaming that, that much in anger uh, over a toilet bowl tube that had not been replaced in the toilet. And, um, you know, it was obvious, uh, I hadn't done it. It was obvious my, my son had been in the toilet. He'd used the last of the toilet roll. And rather than putting the tube in the bin, putting a new toilet roll on the right, the hook, right. <clears throat> simple things that, that you know you would just it kind of do. mention. Yeah, he just left it <laughs> yeah. and went downstairs and didn't think anything of it. Right. So she, she so she's in the living room and she's screaming. She's screaming. She's swearing. Um, every swear word you can possibly imagine. Uh, she was she was saying, and um, he was just looking at me shocked and i was just looking at her shocked like who 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 are you what 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 is this right and um, what's go what's going what's going on um so she said who did this who did this and she screamed screaming so i turned around and said i did it i didn't change the toilet roll on the tube um so she she comes over to me and she's standing in front of me uh, this sort of how can I describe the expression? It's kind of like very like sarcastic sort of expression over me, um, and just say came out and said, you know, we 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 talked. I can't remember exactly what we said, but it ended up being in in terms that while I kept looking at my my son, I kind of trying to give him this smile of reassurance that everything's fine. Uh, well, clearly you can see on his face that it wasn't. Um, but as the conversation went on, uh, she did turn around and say to me that um, she thought of stabbing me through the heart in my sleep uh, in front of our, our child as well. Um, so these words were uh, talked about in, as part of the court as well. So she was kind of like just stood over me smiling uh, saying about that she would stab me in my sleep uh, through, through the heart um, and then stormed off into the into the kitchen. So I go up and followed her into the kitchen saying, why, why, why are you saying that? What, why are, are you going to attack me? Is that what it is? Are you, are you threatening me? Um, but, you know, the thing you need to remember is that um, I wear hearing aids in both ears. So when I take my hearing aids out on the night time and I'm sleeping, uh, I'm twice as vulnerable as a normal person is because I can't hear. Right. And obviously I'm asleep. Mm. So she clearly thought about the best way to hurt me or get me while we're vulnerable and then to stand in front of my 10-year-old for the sake of not replacing the toilet roll 
and tell me her her plan, if you like, or her threat, or whatever it is. Uh, just to look on her face, I sat there and looked at her, and even to this day, I believe that she would have tried to hurt me or attack me at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. My my uh, my ex. Clear. My ex held a, held a knife at me once and um, basically told me she was gonna she was gonna fucking kill me. Um, yeah. When I and I, I had it on video of her holding a knife and as soon as I pulled my camera out, she she was still holding the knife in like a kind of aggressive way and I said, "What are you doing?" And she goes, oh, "And because I at that point I had the camera on and this was after she told me she would kill me and that she would fucking stab me and I turned on the camera and then." I go, okay, are you gonna are you gonna say it again? <laughs> and then she goes, What are you talking about? I'm yeah, and then yeah. She, I'm just making dinner. I'm just making dinner. And she got this real her eyes were really big and you know, her head was tilted to the side and holding this knife, just like real calm, you know, this real calmness came about her. And it was it was absolutely terrifying. I, I used to I told my sister, I said, if I if I end up dead, you know. I, you know, who did it? Like if I end up like stabbed to death or something like that, and there's no robber that broke into my house, you know, <laughs> she yeah. did it. So I feel you on it, that. <laughs> yeah. So you do, you do, you do doubt yourself as well. It's like, am, am I oversensitive? Have I misread yeah. this? Have I misheard what's been going on here? But then you sit there and go, you know what? This is, this, this is what it is. And people take responsibility for how they treat you and what they say to you and the, you you can't keep making up excuses for for this behavior and um what happened was i was sat there on the sofa and afterwards she stormed went in and i said are you are you threatening me you know are you gonna, are you gonna hurt me and like say she's just like what you want about what's your problem this that either um but she did mention uh while we were talking in the kitchen, that she'd had uh, uh, evil spirits in her head. She had demons on her body. Um, yeah, and then she's she's swearing, you know, saying, "I've got I've got fucking spirits in my in my head. Uh, I've got to deal with this. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, saying that I was mentally unwell uh, and things like that. Uh, so when she when she left the room, I went back into the living room, obviously give my some quite a lot of reassurance that things were okay. And I'm sat on the sofa and I'm thinking to myself, I've got, I've got to go, I've got to leave, I've got to take them with me. But no, no one's going to believe me. No yeah. one's going to listen to me, what I've got, what, what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sat there with these thoughts and, and thinking, you know how how do how do you do this? And my my son came over and he, and he says says dad and I said yeah. He goes hey, don't don't be mad with me, um, but I I've recorded the conversation between you and my mum in the kitchen. Mm. So I said I'm I'm not mad at you. He said but I took him out and we went out and we had to listen to the the recording on the mobile phone. And he recorded the whole conversation, which gave me some evidence to prove that uh, I'm not making this up. This is wow. these are real situations. 
So he said, are you mad at me? So I, I hugged him, tears would stream down my face and uh, I hugged him because uh, I just felt, so he told me he was a good boy. He told me he's done a, he, he's done a good thing and he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, but I just felt so relieved that I could actually show that uh, this this is real. This is what we're dealing with. This is this is not me making things up. You, you know what I mean? It's, it it shows that we're, what we're what we're having to go through here is not is not right. So then, uh, the following day, um, I took him to school, and you know we we sat in the car, and he was saying to me about going to school and um, where we're gonna. What we're going to do basically, where we're coming from, this is like, well, we're going to school, just go to school, be fine, keep your head up. We didn't normally, he's very good academically wise, he, he still is now, and he loves going to school. But on that day, he didn't want to walk through the playground on his own. So, um, I, I took him into school, and as soon as he got in into the school, he's um, just so happened to bump into his teacher in reception area. So soon we got in the school, his teacher asked him if he was okay. He burst into tears and hugged her. And uh, he was crying uh, a lot. So uh, they took him into a classroom and then uh, the headmaster came over and his teacher came over and put me into a room and asked me what's going on. So I let them listen to the recording because at that moment in time, I actually couldn't speak myself. I was just, just crying so much. Um, just so overwhelmed with lots of emotions and not yeah. knowing yeah. how to handle these things. Um, so uh, I let them listen to the recording. The headmaster and the teacher turned around and said, right, it's very clear that uh, this is in England, we have like safeguarding. So it was very clear that this is safeguarding matter. Um, and, you know, it's clear that the child cannot be left alone with the mum on her own. Uh, he was asked if he wanted to, to be left with his mum on his own, he said no. Um, so then one was they contacted social services, social services told me uh, if I could take him somewhere safe to uh, like safe house, safe environment. Um, and then uh, we did that, so we, the school backed me, social services backed me, uh, social care as well. So um, I went home, we, we just packed a bag full of clothes, a few toys, things like that, just basic stuff to pack. And then went to my, was, my parents' at, house. She was at work at this point? She or? was at work at this point. So okay. she wasn't aware of us doing this. Um, so uh, I did text her. Uh, I didn't want to speak to her. Uh, I did text her explaining what I've done, uh, where we are. After. Um, you text yeah, her after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And okay. Then, <laughs> yeah. So just text her to say where, where we are, uh, what, what I've done, and um, if she wants to talk to me, um, this is the number to, to, to ring me on. Um, she didn't ring me. She didn't contact me uh, at all. Um, what happened was uh, I got a phone call from the headmaster about two hours later. 
and uh, <clears throat> he was saying that she'd run the school and she'd asked the headmaster if I'd taken our son out of school. The headmaster on the phone said to me that uh, he told her that he, he listened to the recording. It's not appropriate behaviour. It is a social care issue. He explained with that he given me uh, his consent to, to keep the child safe. And obviously, I've taken him uh, to, to my parents' house, um, which is like a couple hours drive away from where, where we used to live. Okay. Um, so did that. And the headmaster's feedback was, was that she was very calm and relaxed on the phone with him. Uh, he told her that he thinks that she needs some mental health help and she needs to access the GP to ask for some, some help. Uh, and she just thanked him for uh, talking to her on the phone and uh, the, the work the school have done uh, for our son. So he said that even he felt unsettled talking to her because... This is someone whose child's been taken away from them. Yeah. And put somewhere else. And they've been told they're not allowed it, to see them at the moment. And because of the grounds that um, their behavior and things like that. Uh, and he just said that she had not reacted or responded in the way that you would expect somebody to respond. Um, had it been the opposite way around, be me, I'd be, I'd be freaking out because I'd be yeah. wanting to know where he is. Yeah, I'd be wanting to know exactly why he's been taken from me and and, and things like that. And she, she was just very polite and relaxed on on the phone with him. Which so is he, which is uh, kind of terrifying. It's 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 mm. it's very telling, but it's like. Why are why are you so calm? You know, there's so many instances where that happens, where the you know the person that's abusing somebody, you know, when if if there is an altercation or if the police get called and they're just so calm while the other person's freaking out, or I've seen videos of that, or you know, where then or they'll record the person freaking out and they're just extremely calm, like why are you doing this? You know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, with guys, girls, both. Like I've seen it, it's. It's, it frightens me. <laughs> the, 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 the headmaster said he was very unsettled. He put the phone down and he felt very, very unsettled. Yeah. Uh, you know, because obviously he, he deals with lots of parents with different situations, but and he, he was pretty expecting a phone call from her, but not like not like that. Um, so we, we kind of saw for surf then um, for about six weeks uh, because this happened over the Christmas period so we um the beginning of uh, uh, December so we kind of saw for, for six weeks uh before I was able to to find a house and which was suitable for us uh back in the local area so my son could go back to school uh, so I communicated uh, over that holiday period and then obviously a few weeks back into school we're still looking somewhere so I communicated with school they were very good and then um, they, I got involved with the uh, domestic violence service as well um, and they were really good as well to help me 
and my son to identify uh, what abuse is in different levels of abuse in how we've been affected by that because a lot of people just assume that abuse is like physically punching someone and, and hitting them and you know what I mean right uh, things like that but it this it there's a lot more involved in that and, and it's it's um becoming a lot more aware there's lots of things available on the internet nowadays explaining exactly what 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 these things are so uh it, it was nice for us to have a professional involved that could come and visit and sit down and explain to us um, and support us emotionally through through um, the whole the whole process of, of getting back on our feet really and um, moving on for moving on for lives. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I I didn't I wish they had a program like that here for like a, a DV program that I mean maybe they maybe they do. Um, I mean, I've tried to subtly mention things to my older son about, you know, different types of abuse um, without directly telling him his mom does that to him. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard for him to fully see it when I'm not being as direct as I, I feel that I can be, because I yeah. feel like at this point he is being fairly manipulated by, by his mother. Um, so it's 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 hard um even when he was here with me this weekend this was my first time in the new place with him and my partner lives here and everything else and the whole time she was just kind of oh what did you do today how are you um what are you are you feeling okay are you feeling unsafe are you if you're ever unsafe you can always call me and it's just like these these little words you know that she's kind of planting seeds in his head of doubt about me and my living situation and that She's the, um, you know, the end all be all of safety and that your dad is a, you know, rambling, fumbling, you know, maniac that, you know, could at any time make you feel unsafe. And if you're ever unsafe, um, you can always call me. I, I'll be there in a second if you need me. And, and then just kind of repeating yourself of like, what was your favorite part of the day? Oh, what did you do? Who did you hang out with? Where? Is, yeah. is is everything okay like it just kept asking and asking and he's like yeah everything's fine everything's fine you know and it's just kind of like you don't you don't recognize that as a child that you know she's not just asking because she cares she's asking because she's probing for information and yeah, exactly, wants, yeah. you know it's 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 dangerous and you know he's being used as a pawn right now and in, in her in her you know in her world and it's just she's she's trying to utilize him and fish for information about me and it's it's very it's very disheartening to see and it's very stressful um and trying to express that and explain that to a child you know even at 13 but when even if as an adult if someone's trying to explain that to you and you don't really see it you want to defend the person that you care about you know you do. It's 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 a difficult situation because um, when he did have supervised visits, and then it went from supervised visits to staying overnight one night uh, back at the the old house uh, with with my ex wife, and um, that night there, um, she didn't do much with him. He spent most of the time just on his own. She spent most of her time in her bedroom, and he just 
roaming around the house on his own. And then he's texting me saying, I'm bored, you're not doing anything with me, can you come and get me? Um, there's no interaction with anything like that. Uh, yeah. But then she was saying in court um, uh, that they had a fun time, it was really good, and this and the other. And it's like, well, hang on, the child's saying you've done nothing with him and he's bored and he wanted to go home. Uh, you're saying you've done, you took him to the park and went roller skating, and you've done this and here. And it's like, who are you going to believe? You believe in what she's saying, or you believe that child says, well, we just sat there and did nothing. Yeah. You see what I mean? So there's all yeah. these sort of miscommunication interactions that, that, yep. that go on. But uh, what happened was he he went to the toilet and come from the toilet and she sat on the floor uh, with her head in her hands rocking back and forwards, making these bizarre noises, is how he described it. And um, he said, Mum, are you okay? And she goes, no. She said, I've got a horrible face in my head. It's a horrible face in my head. It's a horrible face in my head. She kept repeating over again, rocking back and forwards. Um, so obviously he didn't sleep very well that, that night. Oh and then when I picked him up, um, all I, all I do when I pick him up was just go, how did it go? You all right? And I just left it there. So for him to, if he's got any knows that, if he's got any concerns, the worries, anything, I'm talking about anything, we've got quite an open relationship, we communicate really well. And he knows that um, I'm not going to push him to, to tell me things. It's, it's purely up to him. If he wants yeah. to talk about things, I, I'm here for him. And that's Great. the relationship we have. Uh, but he was very stressed when he got in the car, uh, very concerned about why his mum was behaving the way she she was behaving. Uh, but her feedback to the court was that it went really well and they got on really well uh, and things like that. So, but as far as behavior goes um, the system over here in the uk is a little bit different to america i'm not sure how they do the court things in america but uh just to give you a bit of an insight on how it works here um for me to to put a, a court order in place for school so she couldn't go to school and take them out of school um i had to pay privately for a solicitor Mm. So you guys call them lawyers over there. We call them solicitors here. Right, right. Um, so I had to pay privately for a solicitor. So even though he stayed with me throughout the 18 months of the calls and obviously continued to stay with me full time, um, I still had to pay privately in order to, to keep him safe, basically. Right. Uh, my ex-wife, um, she got... Um, Common what's called now. Um, the, because she worked part time and didn't have enough money to pay privately, uh, she got hers for free. Yeah, yeah. They here they call it like a court appointed lawyer. You know, a court, you know. So it's mm -hmm. like appointed. They have these people that work kind of for the state or for the county or whatever, whatever yeah. jurisdiction you're in, that that will do it for free. Yeah. Yeah, so that so we, we we had that. So it only when my solicitor said this as well, she just felt that um, throughout the 18, 18 month in court, um, she was only fighting, if you like, um, because it wasn't costing her any money to right. 
why and when when the uh, came i was i was in court because i wanted full custody on the ground of domestic violence and abuse and to keep my child safe because she was uh, unfit to, to be looking after him and obviously her behaviour towards me as well uh, over that time uh, in our marriage. Um, so I was fighting for full custody. Uh, she wasn't. She was only fighting for two days. Yeah. She just wanted him for two days. She didn't want full custody. Um, okay. She didn't want half custody. She just wanted two days um, to see him for, for two days. So again, you know, it's kind of like a bit confusing of, of what she'd want and what she, what she didn't want. And obviously everything, most of the stuff that was said in court as well, uh, obviously you don't go home and tell your child what's been, what's been said. Right. But she did, she did throw in a lot of accusations throughout the like, court. And um, one minute she was saying that um, she's not mentally unwell, in that the voices in her head are spirit guides, and she's a psychic medium, and uh, that's her gift, if you like. Hmm. And because I didn't understand that, uh, I just assumed it was being mentally unwell. But then she was saying to court, in fact, that I'm mentally unwell. I'm one that's unwell and unfit to, to be a parent. Uh, however, um, like I said, she didn't fight for full custody. She only wanted to have two days uh, with him. Um, but then there were the time in the court when uh, she accused, where she said she was mentally unwell uh, and then uh, accused me of raping her as well. Uh, at that time in court, um, uh, my whole life just flashed before my eyes. I just kind of thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to lose my child. I'm going to jail. Yeah, yeah. For it. Because yeah. who, who would say that I haven't done that? Or how, right. how do you not? You've not I, done that. I, I was told that too. I was told that too. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's a common thing. And then the crazy thing is, like they. The, People like that can literally just throw out these blind accusations without any proof of anything and just say it so convincingly that I was, I've honestly, I'm really happy it's never happened, but I was, I was waiting for her to start saying that I was abusing the children in some way. And she never, she's never done that, which is, which is good. But I, I was always waiting for her to say that I either hit them or molested them or something like that, just to you know, because she wanted want to hit me at my lowest, but luckily that's never happened. So you know, I better knock on something because <laughs> that's that's good. That's that's good. Um, the the lucky thing for me in in court uh, when she was saying uh, these accusations was that we luckily I had the same judge throughout the whole eighteen months. Yeah. So it wasn't changed. So he was well aware of all the cases it built up, what's right. going on. And uh, he he challenged her, her solicitor um, by saying that if I was able, so far all the accusations that have been made forward, I've been able to prove that uh, are false and I, I hadn't done that. Yeah. Um, so he did say that this accusation of rape uh, is a very serious one, and if I'm able to prove that I have not done any of this, 
the consequences would be severe on her. And as soon as he said that, she was pulling on a solicitor's jacket uh, and uh, they dropped all the accusations she was making on the ground of stress and confusion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like that. Oh um, so the whole, because she was saying I was drunken, abusive, aggressive, alcoholic. Yep. Uh, she did say in court that she does believe I have a paedophile spirit in my body, and that's because her spirit died say this, and she can see that I'm the devil, uh, and she can't understand why no one else in the room can see that. Uh, but um, I will slip up at some point, and it will be revealed that I'm a, a, a paedophile or whatever. Um, so she was saying these things in court, and I'm sat there thinking, she's she's crazy. She's that, that's yeah. not what a normal person says. Except yeah. I'm still having to justify, or felt I had to justify myself that I'm a good dad, I'm a good parent, yeah. here protect my child from from that. Yeah. Um. So so it was it was a stressful time. It was very stressful. Uh, time to go through um her brother um was arrested and in prison uh, he still is in prison as far as i'm aware uh, for being a pedophile mm. and what happened was before all this kicked off um he was arrested he was found with um six different mobile phones uh, paid the girl mobile phones in his in his bag. With uh, each phone had a girl's name on it, and he'd been texting um, underage girls, sexual oh stuff with pictures and images uh, that they'd been passing between each other. Uh, these six girls had no and families had no connection to each other or anything like that. Uh, apart from he was a postman, and they were all allocated on his postal round and he'd been doing this for quite a few years with these different girls and then buying them alcohol and cigarettes in exchange for sexual favors uh, so these girls came forward in court um and he ended up going to going to prison uh, but my ex-wife said that he was innocent and he was framed and you know these six girls had set him up um, and she refused to believe that uh, her brother would do anything like that and um, so I can understand in in terms of why um, instead of blaming him for stuff she put this on me that I'm I'm the demon right in my body to be the file yeah so um, it's all very messy and very bizarre um in you know i do struggle to try and comprehend certain things i can only just tell you how what's been said and how it how it is yeah there's no no real explanation apart from that um he's done all that except it was all transferred onto me and i haven't done anything like that um so, so, sorry, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Um, so, so a question for you, Are, as far as like your book goes and what you've kind of um, gone through in your book um, from start to where it finishes, um, are these are these basically like some of the the stories that are kind of in in your books or these I mean there's so many stories I feel like I feel like I unlock a new story that I forgot about almost on a daily basis in my in my memory bank you know when you go through it for so many years it's like something will happen or you'll watch a movie or you'll watch a show and it'll just trigger a thought in your head you know and it's yeah, like oh my god I forgot yeah. about that yeah, it does. Yeah, um, yeah. Everything, everything I've been been saying is is in the book, uh, and obviously it's it's. I'm trying to just give you a general idea, so you get an idea of what what we've been through and what we've worked through. Uh, but it is all in in the book and explained uh, in in the book through the through the chapters leading up to the final final court case as well. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, I do feel really lucky and really blessed that um that i got him because of obviously he's aware himself of um what what we've been through and in every so often even now um he's 14 he still um brings certain things up uh that like say things that have to trigger your memory or, or yeah things like that. and yeah. it's 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 quite interesting how much he actually remembers. You know, a certain thing that I didn't think he wasn't aware of, he, he was actually aware of. He just yeah. didn't say anything at that time. Um, so again, it's just I just give him lots of reassurance that you know uh, that we're okay now and things are fine. Uh, and uh, you know, he, he he seems happy. He seems yeah. happy. Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, <laughs> he, 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 I'm sure he is. It's hard though. You know, your wires get crossed for a while and you start to, you know, you can't really digest everything that happens because there's just so much that's thrown at you. And when people are, are psychologically, you know, damaging you like that. Um, and then in the book too, does it kind of, um, does it talk about the court case more? Or is it kind of like, Hey, this is what I went through. Um, these are some of the things that I, um would advise you to do or there you know tips and tricks and you know uh yeah yeah it's um it's it's talks about the court cases uh gives gives people an idea uh, of what we did it's not one of them things where it's like oh if you do a b and c this will help you it's because obviously you know i Everybody's can only different. go off my own experience of right. what so the, the book's basically about what, what me and my son have, have been through, our experience of how we dealt with things and, and some of the people that were involved with that, but also about um, our own relationship and how it got stronger and how we connect together and how we talk with each I other. I think that's really things. important. Yeah, that's uh, important. It's, it's good as well because he, he was aware that his mum had... Uh, hit me in the past. She had kicked me. She had punched me. She spat on me. Uh, she called me a cunt, a bastard, a fucker. And um, she'd even size herself up to me at times and look me in the eyes and say, "Hit me, go on, fucking hit me, and you'll lose your child." Let's let's see how much of a man you are. Yeah. And obviously, I would just push her away out of my personal space. Like I just leave me alone, get out of my face. Right. Walk walk away from her. 
and she'd try and kick me in the back of the legs and call me a coward and she'd push me in the back and punch me in the back, try and scratch me uh, and call me coward uh, for, for not hitting her. All the, all the words um, that, that, you know, you would try to use if you were trying to hurt a male and, and a male ego or something like that, you know, um, do a coward, you know, men are very proud typically. And the male ego is one of, of strength a lot of times. And when you start to call them a coward or you start to like, you know, <laughs> insult them in certain ways, a lot of times men will react to that or like, you know, or if they say like, yeah. you're not a man or you're not this or you're not trying to attack ones, you know, who they, who they, you know, their self-preservation of who they feel that they are or whatever. And they try to like chip away at, at that. You know, everyone's got a, a healthy amount of ego. It's just, you know, <laughs> they won't take all yeah. of it from you. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah. I've, I've kind of been through similar, a lot of similar things. A big one for her was blocking me in doorways, you know, yeah. so she would, she would block me in doorways and, and verbally, you know, throw all kinds of, you know, damaging words at me, trying to get me to forcefully move past her. So if I'd go to the bathroom or something, she'd stand in the doorway and, yeah. you know, start attacking me while I was in the bathroom um, verbally. And then when I would say, move, get out of the way, I want to leave the bathroom, you know, she wouldn't move. And so I would try to kind of like brush by her without touching her. And she would purposefully move to wherever yeah. I was. Space. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then and then the second I would like try to like push away, even if I didn't put my hand, just kind of like moving and just trying to like walk through, you know, she would say, "You hit me," and then start attacking me. You know, yeah. yeah. The the thing the the problem you've got as well is that when when somebody's in your face and they're in they screaming, and I mean screaming at you, uh, swearing at you, and trying to belittle you, as soon as soon as you swear back or call them crazy or or, or whatever um you, you get attacked and you know it's it's difficult uh to to respond to that to deal with that because you know in in well i know in the back of my mind that two things one i don't want my child growing up thinking that his dad beats or had beaten his mum up or beats anybody up i'm not that kind of person i don't go around looking for fights yeah, uh, I'd rather walk away. Uh, you know, if I walk through the street, someone starts calling me names or whatever, I, I would just ignore them and walk away. I'm not going to engage right. with someone. And get no reason. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you see what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's not my, I don't do that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the kind of person that if somebody's crying or someone's upset, I would hug you and tell you you're going to be okay. You know, right. and what can I do to help and support you? I'm, I'm, right. I'm that kind of man. Correct. Um, so it, it's it, it it's difficult it's difficult to put it into words some of the the feelings when you reflecting on these on these things um but my son has actually said to me he says uh, dad i know this might be a, a really bad thing to to ask you but have, have you ever hit my mum and you know i could look him direct in the eyes with full confidence and tell him that I hadn't, I'd never touched your mum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he just, just smiled and just kind of like, okay, okay. And we never had that conversation again. But um, it, it was quite emotional for me because I knew there would be a point when I would have to answer them kind of questions. Right. And it, was, it was nice to know that um, 
I could say, be honest with him and say that I uh, I'd not done anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, And you've done everything you could to protect your relationship with him and protect, you know, him in general from from a lot of the stuff that's happened, you know, um, he'll see that. I know, you know, that I'm sure he already sees it, but it's good to know that you're on the right side of it. And that, you know, when he grows up, he's not going to be running from you, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's what, I'm, I'm hoping because in the back of my mind you always have that sort of uh, worry that um, these things do affect children. You know, what I mean, they they do have to work through the issues and, and things like that. And um, but I'm hoping that the, the relationship that we have and how we communicate and support each other even now, um, and he understands uh, why we're in this situation why we're uh, we make the best of our life in a positive way um and our, our experiences what, what what we're doing um so i'm hoping that you know when he's older and he gets girlfriends got his own kids and things like that you can take on board the fact that yeah some things do happen that are traumatic and horrible in your life but you can still have a life you can still right put that to bed and put it to rest and understand that uh, it's not something you're going to carry through your future. You know what I mean? You can you can learn from it or acknowledge that that's not the kind of person or the kind of life that you want right. um, to continue living. So I'm kind of hoping that um, it, that's been taken on board with the, the fact that uh, I do um, try and be as positive and be as encouraging with him as I, as I can. Yeah, I'm. I that's really, yeah. That 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 brings up a thought in my head of when my get my kids get older. You know, yeah, if they start dating someone else or doing this, or you know, when they get old enough to start a family of their own, I do have a fear in the back of my mind that his idea of what a relationship should look like is going to be the type of relationship he has with his mom. And uh, and they say that a lot, that men will find women that, that are remind them of their mother or, or father for guys or girls or what, you know. Um, and that does, that does, um, that definitely does, like, it doesn't keep me up at night, but there, when I think about those things, it, it does worry me. So then I think, okay, how can I combat this? Um, you know, should I be looking into trying to guide him along that journey at some point as to, for me, you know, her being a narcissist, you know, um, and how to, you know, re, I I think that he's got to recognize it in his mother first, and he's got to start to recognize some of these things, but that's not going to happen. I don't think until he's, of you know, 16, 18, 21, 22, like who knows when he's going to finally wake up, you know, from under that, that control. Um, And then he's going to have to start educating himself while healing from the things she's put him through, because I know she's put him through a lot. Um, And so, and then he's going to have to learn how to recognize those red flags um, in a partner, you know, so these are things that, that do worry me. Um, and how to support him and how to guide him without, at this point, he's only 13. At this point, my other son's seven, you know, so how to guide them and kind of tell them what the red flags are without directly telling them, 
yeah. this is what your mom's doing. Like, you know, <laughs> and that, that's, that, that's difficult in itself, but yeah, you know, it, it sounds like you've got a good relationship with your two boys as well. So I do, I do. It's just, it, you know, there's, there's counter parenting, there's well, co-parenting and parallel parenting. And, and what I do is, is counter parenting at this point. It's like, I have to unfuck their brain every time I have them, every time mm-hmm. I have them, it's like, they're happy. Well, especially my older son, my younger son, he instantly just runs up and gives me a big hug and a kiss. And, and just, you know, um, he's a daddy's boy. My younger one, my, my older one, I think is definitely a little bit more in tune with his mom when it comes to like wanting to, he wants to, he wants to do everything for her. He wants yeah. to like be a helper. He wants to like uh, make her happy, which is impossible to make a narcissist happy. You know, she's just going to mm-hmm. continue to change the rules and change the guidelines and he's going to continue to like get just enough praise to keep him happy but then be ridicule 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 and then you know sprinkle in a couple kind things to make him want more you know um and that's what's hard because then i get him back and he's always standoffish for like the you know he 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 nervous talks He'll, he'll just start rambling about some YouTuber he watched or some video game that's coming out. And, and it's like, I just want to talk about, let's talk about, you know, what, how your week was, let's slow it down there, you know? And he just goes, he just goes crazy. Just, you know, ramble, 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 doesn't let anybody else talk. And then like you go to, you know, interject to say, Oh, I got to, you know, and they just keeps going. And so it's just, (laughs) it's, it's hard to get him to kind of come down after being with her for the time she has them. And then when I have them back, um, the first day always tends to be a little bit more tension, a little bit more rewiring again, all over again. Um, mm-hmm. And then by the next day, you know, we always have a good second day with, with my older son, but that oh, first day is always like, he's got to unwind. It's like yeah. he's so tense. And, you know, I think she makes him do so many things and she puts so much pressure on him and so much pain. And then he's got to like, decompress on the day the first day I have them and then by the the second day then we're back to normal it's just it is very stressful because I feel like I'm having to undo all the damage she's doing to him you know and then and then start to have a relationship on day two and day three with them when I have them so <laughs> uh, anyway it sounds like you're doing an amazing job with him you know what I mean it's 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 exactly why I have to do when when he was having visits uh, with a um, you know, you come back like that, like say, very anxious, very confused, very deflated about certain things. And you, 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 all you can do is just give them that reassurance, that little bit of space for them to, to get the head around things and come, come around. It sounds like you're doing an amazing job there, uh, doing that with them. Well, so are you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I think um, if you want to, I don't know where where all your book is. Um, I know it's on Amazon, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's only on uh, Amazon at the minute. It's um, you can either download it uh, to your phones or uh, iPads and things, or you can um, buy a paperback copy uh, as well. Um, so yeah, on the on the on the yeah, Amazon. I'm gonna- I'm going to post a link in the description of the episode for you to, to make sure that, you know, anyone that, that wants to, to listen or read, I guess, not listen, <laughs> anyone that wants to read a copy um, can go and do that. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think it's been a great conversation. I don't want to go too much longer um, just for the sake of not getting cut off on my recording here for, for Zoom. But if you, yeah, I mean, if you want to come back on and talk about more ever, um, I think this was great. I had a, I had a really good conversation with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I've never done anything like this before, so I wasn't even sure yeah. um, how, how we were going to go, but I, I've really enjoyed it. And it's just nice to be able to talk to someone else who oh my God, uh, yeah. understands what what it's like, what you're going through, because it's difficult when you talk to friends and family that they've been supportive, yeah. but they've not been through it, so they, they don't get to understand what we've been talking about exactly um, and you know i hope that people that are going to be listening to it as well will just get a bit more of an idea from uh from a men a man's point of view uh, of, of how how domestic violence and abuse and what and what is what it's about yeah um, just, yeah domestic violence knows really. knows no gender for sure <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly uh, but but thank you very much for wanting to have this opportunity to have this yeah chat. absolutely really absolutely um, like I said yeah I mean if you if you ever feel like you have more you want to talk about or more you want to chat about or give an update or anything like that you know feel free to reach out to me yeah I, I will definitely all right definitely. <laughs> all right well thank you very much mate and, and enjoy the rest of your day thank you you too This concludes my interview with A. Dean, author of Men Do Cry. Um, you can find his book, I know, right now on Amazon. I'm going to put a link in the description for this episode um, if you're interested in going to read his book. Um, and I also would like to throw out an invitation to anyone else who has a story to tell, who thinks that they can add something to this podcast, a different perspective, whether it be your parents, um, your children, um, a family member, a friend, um, and, and your, um, journey with coping and maybe even some advice to those that are going through, um, relationships with either any of these types of personalities. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, directly related to being a partner. Um, we, we come in contact with these people, um, a lot more frequently than I think, um, we, we realize unless, unless you've been through a situation like this. So, um, I would love to extend an offer, an invitation to anyone who, has a story to tell that wants to link up with me and wants to, um, have a platform to, um, discuss what they've gone through. And even if it's just venting a little bit and having other people listen and understand and can relate. Um, but yeah, this concludes this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I will speak to you next time. <laughs>